0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 53. For all my Tennessee Titan fans out there, it is the great Keith Bullock episode. Former linebacker on that Super Bowl team. stalwart Ward in the middle of the defense. And, uh, yeah, so we're celebrating Keith Bullock tonight on the 53rd installment of the 2 Bucks Sports Podcast. I am your co-host, Rusty Buckets, coming into to you on what is the start of one of the greatest stretches of the year. Welcome in my co-host, Uncle Bunk. Uncle Buck, you know what I'm talking about, what we're celebrating tonight
1: Oh, I know what I'm celebrating tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: ain't talking about that. We'll get to that here in a minute.
1: Yeah. Uh, man, it has been a good week. Um, you know, you sent me the, the Skype link and it said the Keith Bullock episode. And I was like, I mean, come on. You've got to have something better than 53, better than Keith Bullock. And then I started Googling it. And then, can I tell you the list of <laughs> Hall of Fame players in the NFL? Um Let's see. Substantial players wearing 53. Okay. Here we go. Hall of Fame gives us our starting point. This is Hall of Fame football players with the number 53. Okay? Yep. Uh, can you guess any of them?
0: Keith Bullitt. He's not Hall of Fame, no. so no. Okay. <laughs> I got So, one.
1: you've got Harry Carson, Mick Tinglehoff, Alex Wojciechewicz, Lynn Ford, and Mike Webster. So,
0: Mike Webster's the only one vaguely familiar, mostly because it's just a generic name.
1: Yeah, so uh, the non-Hall of Fame players that are notable, Bill Romanowski. Yeah. Uh, current player, Darius Leonard. Mm-hmm. Marquise Pouncey.
0: Uh, Darius Leonard is a native of South Carolina.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Keith Book, like you said, Bob Brunig. Uh, yeah, and a whole bunch of people that I don't know. So yeah. I guess Keith Book is as good as any, if I'm being honest <laughs> right? with you. Kyle Van um, Noy.
0: For the Patriots, yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah, Rusty, it has been a week. Let me tell you, uh, we're going to get into Saturday in its full glory (laughs) later. Uh, That was about the end of the start of the chaos for me. I've got a a a year-and-a-half-year-old daughter that is currently battling RSV. So we were in the emergency room last night about 10 o'clock. It never fails that if anything is going to get a little squirrely, with me, it's going to be around the time where I need to record a podcast, <laughs> and so <laughs> That's fair. the devil's trying me. But I, but the but we will prevail. The good will the the good people will prevail, and we're prevailing tonight by getting this podcast off.
0: That's it. Despite
1: well, despite my daughter having a fever,
0: I got some good news for you to make you feel uh-huh. a little bit better. Yeah. Today, what we're celebrating, we ain't celebrating none of that kookiness from Saturday. What we're celebrating is today is the beginning of a fifty day stretch that has a football game. Every single day. From now until the week of Thanksgiving, there are 50 straight days of football. There's going to be some action and some fun belt games in there, but there is a college or professional football game until November 22nd.
1: Well, I see that going around. And, I mean, you've got to be like – and I consider myself a college football fanatic. I love it. I love the SEC. I love Ole Miss. But you're not going to catch me watching a lot of those football games on Mondays and Tuesday. I it's just on, nice on Tuesdays. I mean, on Tuesdays and Wednesday, I, I'm not watch. I can tell you right now, on October the fourth, two thousand and twenty three, I will not be watching a football game that happens on a Tuesday or Wednesday.
0: It's <laughs> just not going to happen. It's uh, like the uh, the episode of The Office where Dwight wants to go to a strip club and Daryl's like, "You don't go on a Tuesday." <laughs> no,
1: no, not not during the work, not during work hours especially. That's it. Speaking of. Uh, I don't know about you i can't I can't speak from experience, but i'm gonna give you the opportunity to uh say a few final words because the historical monument in Corinth, Mississippi wild bills was torn down over the week, and I just want to give you a give you a moment uh to reminisce about your times at Wild Bills because I know there were many.
0: You know, Drew, growing up in a small town, we didn't have a lot of options for entertainment, and those ladies, from what I hear, worked real hard at Wild Bills and probably gave out more cases of hepatitis than the rest of the state combined. I never darkened that establishment, but we drove by and made fun of it all the time, so R.I.P. to Wild Bills.
1: Yeah, you know, I've never in my life been to a strip club, and I'm not saying this to – I'm not lying to all my listeners here trying to act holier than thou, I just – genuinely have not been to a strip club. Yeah. It's never seemed uh, intriguing to me. I have plenty of faults, but that one ain't one of them. Wasn't one uh, of my vices either. Yeah, it wasn't mine either. But I do know what I know do know the main rule. If you if I ever decided to go to a strip club mm-hmm. it would not be a strip club in my hometown
0: oh no, you
2: know? no oh <laughs> you know?
1: no i'm not going to the flop in my hometown
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is a smart man that's a smart man right there yeah. i don't care what people say uh, about you yeah, that's a pretty I'd smart see, man I,
1: there's no doubt i'd see relatives up there and i like, <laughs> no can't go to christmas no more
0: <laughs> on stage or never mind we ain't going there <laughs> yes you <laughs> <We laughs> so, can there we, uh, have also we have a big
1: yeah we have a big anniversary today can you guess what that is? October the 4th. What's that day?
0: Well, today it's a Wednesday.
1: Okay, so nine years ago, that would have been... Oh,
0: that's the that's the day that Mississippi took over college football. Nine years ago. you talking about the state and Ole Miss uh, SI Sports Covers? Sports Illustrated Covers? Uh,
1: I'm talking about October 4th, and thir- and fourteen was the day that Ole Miss upset Alabama in oh, the God. Katy Perry... Uh, in the the Katy Perry College Game Day game in Oxford, Mississippi. Um, You know, I hope one day maybe you understand what that's like.
0: If I could mute your mic right now, I would. Just know when I go to edit this thing, if there's a long blank pause before this sentence, just know I got to it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. so nine years ago today, Uncle Buck was in a a tour bus – Headed south towards Ocean Springs, Mississippi for our first show of our month-long tour uh, that went from Ocean Springs, Mississippi to California and then all the way to Charlotte, North Carolina. And the first show was the day of the Ole Miss-Alabama game. It was a fun time in my life, but it is also one of my biggest regrets because we had season tickets. My mom and dad were there, and I watched it on my phone in the tour bus, and and no, don't get me wrong I celebrated as if I was there sure when Cinquez Goldston brought down the interception over o- OJ Howard but I, it's always been missing I, my life is, can only be so good now I can never reach full potential because I wasn't in involved Hemingway Stadium on October the 4th 2014
0: well that's enough of that so we're going to move right along <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to do it we're going to replace our Bucks best in beef this week with a beef a total beef Oh, yeah? You know, Drew, we've, we've all been seeing it. We've been talking about it in our fantasy football group chat, and it pops up everywhere. It's just the obsession that is Taylor Swift right now with the NFL. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm over it, man. I'm annoyed by it. You know, she, is she talented? Sure. She's not my cup of tea. I don't get the obsession over her, but she's talented. Like, I'm not going to knock her because she is talented. I don't right. find her overly attractive like everybody else does. Like, she's just, she just seems weird, not somebody that I would associate yeah. with. But they're obsessed with it, and I got it got me thinking, and I posed this question on our Instagram poll. There are several different subgroups of the population that make you dislike them or what they represent or what they're cheering for. They
1: make you dislike the organization or the person of based the obs- on the fans. Yes,
0: yes, I, I, you know. Shout out! I've got several friends, but it's like vegans. Like the number one rule oh, of being yeah. a vegan is you can't stop talking about being a vegan.
1: Right. Uh, CrossFit, Crossfit people.
0: I, I do Crossfit. <laughs> I get it. You, 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 like they at orientation, they tell you, all right, you got to buy shoes. You got to talk about Crossfit. It is what it is. Right. And so you got to be thinking, like, what is something that you don't like because of the fans, the followers, or all the hype?
1: Well, can I just go ahead and tell you my answer? I was about to say you were the first one to answer. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> yeah. So the thing that. I the fans make me not like the organization or the player. And for me, it's like SEC West schools. It is every it's SEC West school and Mississippi State school. fans, Tennessee fans, A&M fans, Arkansas fans, all
0: of them. I hate
1: all of their teams because of their pres- their friends. Sure.
0: <laughs> so I had a couple that were similar. Um, I hate Ole Miss because of the vast majority of their fans. You're included in that camp. Yeah. Um, the I think the sports franchise that like that I dislike the most because of their fans is the St. Louis Cardinals because the St. Louis Cardinal fans they're the best fans in baseball. If you don't believe them, ask them. They'll tell you again and again and again. Yes, yeah, and again.
1: growing up as a Cardinals fan, I never
0: heard oh that. God. I've heard hey, that. Of course you didn't. You're insulated by the by the fan but group around. I don't around think
1: you. the Cardinals have the best. I'm not going around saying they've got the best fans in baseball. Shoot, right now I'm sure they're the worst fans in baseball. <laughs> Their team sucks, mm. but bragging the about R&M. fandom, bragging about your own fandom of your own team, though, <laughs> is something that I can't comprehend because it's an argument that you can never win. Yeah. Ole Miss can, Ole Miss can, has a legitimate argument to say they have the best tailgating experience in college football. That's an argument you can make, but you will, an Ole Miss fan will never be able to to convince a Mississippi State fan or a Tennessee fan that. They are better fans of their team. We're all I, fans. We're all idiots. We're I, all biased. Like, I agree, hundred
0: yeah. percent. But I've never been around a group of people that try and convince you of it more than the St. Louis Cardinal fans. The Cardinal I, I way. Mean, the St. Louis Cardinals fans. But anyway, yeah. So the for Cardinal
1: me, way sucks. Let me let me be the let me be right the now voice especially. of reason. Then yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially right now. But anyway, so for me, it's Ole Miss, the St. Louis Cardinals, and then I divulged away from the sports a little bit. Harry Potter fans. They will like I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I got nothing against it. I just couldn't get into it. But they yeah. will like disown you if they find out
1: <gasps> you don't like Harry Potter. Star no, Wars is the same way. Star I don't Wars have that
0: I don't see I, I when I made this list, I thought about Star Wars, but the people I know that like Star Wars, you're like, yeah, I get it, it's not for everybody. The Harry Potter fans I know will absolutely have a stroke if you tell them that you don't like Harry Potter.
1: Yeah. Uh I went on a fishing trip with my dad one time. And the guy that was, uh, <clears throat> oh, what was the name of that band? Um, shoot, I may have to come back to it. It's one of those bands that's got the cult Great, Grateful, Grateful Dead? No, it's it, the sort of like the Grateful Dead or Dave Matthews Band. Or, oh, yeah, um, that's another one, Dave but, Matthews Band. Um, I can't remember. But the moral of the story is you'll hate this guy just based on this one story. We're sitting in the boat, and he has the Bluetooth speaker, and that's all he listened to the whole time and would not let us play any music, <laughs> like mm. anything else. That's all we listened to was mm. this one band and uh, widespread panic, widespread ah. panic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. He's like, hey, I've been to a hundred widespread panic concerts. You know, we all just hippies and we live on the, and I'm like, dude, cool, whatever. I don't care. Can we please just play some Buffett? Yeah. Yeah. Play <laughs> something, I man. Like, something different. At this point, dad's music sounds good to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh
0: so I had yeah. two more. My last two, obviously, well, Taylor Swift doesn't count. She was one of them outside of Taylor Swift. Disney adults, like these these adult men and women who obsess over Disney. Like, I get a kids obsessed with it. That's what it's for. But, like, these grown adults that are obsessed with Disney and Mickey ears and going to Disney every month or a couple times, a few times oh, a I year. I thought you were
1: going into, like, uh, like Marvel fanatics mm, mm, you know that because no. that, that's owned by disney no i'm and talking so, about like yeah. like
0: like disney world i guess disney world yeah. disneyland yeah, people, people who, who go to the park yeah. that, like that <laughs> yeah. drives me nuts to me
1: i'm I'm jealous of those people they apparently have they got way more money, more money than either. i'm <laughs> got
0: a hundred percent and then for me the last one and this is going to get some flack i'm sure is astrology girls like, that or obsessed oh my gosh. with. You're my, my zodiac. Like, you tell them, like, oh, well, I'm a I'm a uh, Capricia or whatever it is. And, like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm actually a, a Leonard or whatever. Like, yeah.
1: like, no. Did you see the Taylor Swift uh, astrology thing that was going on Twitter? No. Where they were dissecting Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's uh, oh, stars oh, to no. see if they matched? No. Oh, I wish I could find it real quick. Uh, I, I, while you're what,
0: looking, I always think about the joke. There's this one where this girl's like, "I'm a I'm a Leo. What are you?" And the guy's like, "I'm a Velociraptor." And she's like, "Well, that's a made up one." And he's like, "They're all made up."
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're all made up. Anyway, uh, yeah i I wish that I could. Uh, oh, that got into like their ninth stars matchup, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is so awful."
0: Oh yeah, I I was was <laughs> at the gym one time. And this lady was like. When were you when were you born? I was like, March eighteenth. She's like, No, like what morning or night? I'm like afternoon, I think. And she's like, Oh, you need to go look up the moon and I was like, right there, boys, like I'm gonna put a pause right there. If any of our single fans are listening to this, if some chick asks you asks you about what time of the day you were born, run.
2: Yeah,
1: so that's
0: I, not something you oh, want to be a part of. Oh, what's your
1: sign? I'm just like I'm a Christian.
0: Uh, peace. Uh, it's a, <laughs> a peace sign as I'm walking away. So here it is.
1: Uh, indulge me a little bit because I think oh, you're going to find this absolutely horrifying, and that's what we're all here for. <laughs> Taylor has a Cancer Moon, an incredibly powerful and sensitive placement. It is also conjunct Jupiter, therefore intensifying her Moon's influence. Taylor seeks someone who can be intuitively sense her needs at times when she can be emotionally unpredictable meanwhile travis being a libra slash sagittarius could leave taylor fearing that the connection lacks emotional depth outside of the physical chemistry they have humor and compliments can only go so far his mars in libra despite being in exile may appeal to her venus in aquarius as both
0: are air signs i want (laughs) to
1: i'm telling you i need a astrology for dummies to get that one. i'm gonna
0: paraphrase billy madison <laughs> at no point in that incoherent rambling did you come anywhere near a thought i reward you yeah. no points and may god have mercy on your soul <laughs> a simple no would do uh, yeah <laughs> um yeah man like i don't get all that mess and uh yeah anyway there's a joke in there somewhere about a cancer moon but we're gonna leave it alone and we're gonna move right along <laughs> <Yeah>. um so <laughs> a couple other answers to the question we did get some good participation in here Friend of the podcast, coworker Kayla said, "This question. I hate this question. Taylor is totally worth the hype. Disagree. That's all I'm saying about that. I disagree. That's why you're on the list. That's Kayla. <laughs> um, another friend of the podcast and coworker named Molly. Shout out to Molly, one of our newer employees here in the Myrtle Beach area. Said yeah. Game of Thrones. And I, I personally, I never watched Game of Thrones. So
1: they have a cult. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a Game of Thrones fan. I mm-hmm. love it. It's one of the greatest shows ever. Um, I'm not." It to me to uh, to be in this category, you have to like be willing to unfriend people who disagree. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that
0: passionately about. Yeah, unfriend. that's how the Dave Matthews band. You mentioned them earlier. I have lost friends over the fact that I'm not a. Oh. I like some of his stuff, but I'm not hey. a huge. They, they all sound the same. It's, they sound like somebody's <laughs> like he's in pain. Anyway, yeah. uh, another Taylor Swift. Um, Another one, not Taylor because she's fabulous. Then um, <laughs> your wife is out here asking the hard questions. Oh, goodness. <laughs> will this breakup ruin my fantasy points in the coming years? How will she weaken Travis Kelsey? <laughs> I think all she's going to do is write a song about him. We got an album coming out <laughs> called 87 in a few years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, he doesn't strike me as somebody that, that, that stays in the dumps too long after mm-hmm. a breakup
0: but she going to write a whole... Like, that album going to be fire. <laughs> but have you seen yeah. some of the songs floating around? Oh, like, I'm at yes. the 50, and <laughs> and you yeah. kissed me, or whatever.
1: <laughs> I, saw, I saw a conspiracy theory the other day. This is funny. You know, I don't want to spend a whole podcast talking about Taylor Swift. However, Taylor done. Swift conspiracies, I'm all in for, like, a, a, yeah. a whole hour-long podcast. I saw one that said she's been investigated for her emissions on her private jet. And so it's like, Taylor Swift is a genius because... She went to the Jets game, but she didn't go to the Jets game to see Travis Kelsey. She did it so that the Google machine, when you Google Taylor Swift Jets, only <laughs> pops up pictures of her in a Jets game and not her carbon footprint. <laughs> it's like, golly.
0: We are, we are in the rabbit <laughs> hole there, is man. She a genius. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the rabbit hole there, buddy. She
1: needs to be president if yeah. that's how she's thinking right now. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. And yeah. then the last one, and this is a take that I will this is a hill I will die on. Yeah. Um, and a friend of the podcast, Elena, former coworker, said Buckys
1: Yeah, see, I'm not going down that hill. nope,
0: I nope, love nope. me some Bucky's, man. Love nope. me some Bucky's. Uh, like we talked about, it is a two hundred dollar store. You can't go in there and not yep. spend two hundred dollars, but it's on stuff you need. You need Bucky's potholders. You need a Bucky's wallet. <laughs> you need a brisket sandwich. You need Bucky's fudge. <laughs>
1: Uh, There is one, I just thought of one, that if you don't like it, I do question your, uh, one of my most important, uh, just a step back a minute, when I'm thinking of friends, and I thought of it with a partner with my wife, and when we were dating, and you know, every friend that I have, everybody that I hold dear is somebody that I find funny in some way, like you've got to have a sense of humor, it can't be dry. And so if you can look me dead in the eyes and tell me that the office is stupid, oh, yes. then I que- mm. I don't know if mm. I can be friends with you. I, so tha- at, yeah. that is one. So there, there's mine. Uh, I found my line in the sand. Yeah, I, d- I question you off the start base. Yeah. I guess that's one thing on my, you know, I should have put on my Tinder profile way back in the day. <laughs> it was like... If you don't like The Office, swipe left.
2: Swipe you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm sure some people will be in the opposite camp, that they can't stay in The Office because of Office fans. So, I mean, I get that. Yeah. But I, I'm as, going to quote, I'll never forget this. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but it was me, you, it was Zach Jones, there was a big group of us there and somebody said something to Zach, and Zach was like, well, everybody reserves a right to be wrong. And oh, so that was my line for the longest. I feel yeah. like the first time I heard it was from Zach, and so I say yeah. that all the time when somebody disagrees with me, and I'm going to say yeah. that about the office. If you don't like the office, that's fine, but everybody reserves a right to be wrong.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I guess that's our uh, our line in the sand, like you said. Yeah. I'll, I'll share that with you. So anyway, I thought that was fun. hope you all enjoyed that. We're going to keep up with the polls. Those tend to go really well, and we appreciate you all participating as always. But what I don't – Appreciate. <clears throat> it's picking against the spread. <laughs> it's <a> tough <laughs> week again. last how for did you, we do
1: this week, brother? Um,
0: Drew went three and three.
1: Yeah, three hey, and three. hey, we're
0: still gambling, baby. And you're sitting at 14 and 14 on the year. 14 yeah, I I and 14. 11 and 11, yeah. so hey, you're we
1: still we still putting quarters in the machine, buddy.
0: Yeah, man, we, yeah. Well, we're we not on this end. We are now 8 <laughs> no. and 21 on the year.
1: You have lost your house. <laughs> I have,
0: man. i barely getting forward to this shirt that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, next what you week you're going to lose is, that shirt. What you can't see is it's cut off. from. It's a crop top because it's cut off at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, if man. Rusty, so.
1: If Rusty has a bad week next week and he comes in shirtless, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because white, he has no clothes.
0: <laughs> listen, if y'all listen on Spotify, Apple, that's great. We appreciate you. Please like, share, comment, leave us a review, whatever. Next week, watch YouTube, because if it's a bad week, I might be shirtless. I might be outside. I'm going to be doing it outside of a Starbucks. You ought to.
1: If you do bad this week, I'm going to make you record it outside. I'm going to be
0: sitting outside, like, alms for the poor. You. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we
1: do fantasy football punishments, I should make you go out there and beg for quarters with Good a tin Good Lord.
0: Cup. Good Lord. I need it, man. Like a Like um, a leper. Man, I need it. Yeah. uh, So,
1: uh, what games uh, did we get right and wrong?
0: (laughs) So, well, I got the A&M game right.
1: Yeah, I know I got Mississippi State right, and I know I got Ole Miss right, and I know I got Arkansas wrong.
0: And you got Notre Dame right, man. And I was, so uh-huh. oh, you had one. it, you oh, had oh, oh. it. That's the second straight week Notre Dame's done me dirty. Dame's last d- week yeah. because they lost on a last-second touchdown, and this week because they won on a last-second touchdown. Right. It further like Notre Dame is one of those institutions up there with Ole Miss and the St. Louis Cardinals and the L. A. Clippers that I just hate. I like yeah. I don't hate individuals, but I hate. Organization and that's yeah. one. I hate Notre Dame, and these last two weeks have further driven my hate for Notre Dame to a <laughs> new level. And
1: one of the games they even lost. I,
0: that's and it. You picked them, and I picked them, <laughs> and they lost. I can't. They can't even win when yeah. I need them to. Yeah,
1: that was a heartbreaker because Gosh, you know we Duke make won that picks, game
0: for yeah. three and three point nine percent. You know quarters. Yeah.
1: So no, it was the other way around. Um, so. Notre Dame was up thirteen nothing pretty much yeah, the whole right. game, and in the third that's fourth right. quarter, Duke scores 1,400 points, mm-hmm. and I was like, and Duke got the ball late to drive, and I was like, okay, you know I know I picked uh, Notre Dame, but I'm here for excitement, you know, yeah. go go down and win it, you know, college game days there for the first time ever, <sighs> it was it was set up for just a drive of all drives, and ultimate heartbreak happened when they they. Didn't get it, and compounding that, Riley, Riley Leonard, Leonard gets rolled up on. It was brutal. Um, oh. You know, the only saving grace was that Rusty picked Duke. God, and, so. <laughs> and I had it, man. I was, I was getting, I was gonna be insufferable. Like, I, yeah, Mississippi they State got their butt the kicked.
0: Yeah. Mississippi State got their butt kicked, but I was going to be like I was going to find a royal blue shirt and paint the yeah. mustache on my hat like they were on their helmets. There's supposed yeah. to be little devil horns. whatever. I did I notice gonna be that. That does not in. look
1: like devil horns. It at all. doesn't.
0: It doesn't. But I was going to be all in on the Duke Blue Devils after Mississippi right. State let me down. But um, but yeah, so I got a And M right. Uh, it's one of the few times I got them right. And then uh, you got Notre Dame, Ole Miss, and Alabama.
2: Okay. We both missed
0: yep. on you. Uh, we both picked South Carolina, who got. Yeah. Boat raced. They uh, did. We both picked Florida, who also got boat raced. Gave up yeah. 190 yards rushing in the first half.
1: Yeah. Uh, to one that was player. Bad. That was bad.
0: They lined like up with the,
1: 290 all-purpose yards. Yeah, 248. And only nine of them were, recei- right. of them were receiving.
0: That's it, race. man. That's it, man. And Ray Davis had a coming-out party against oh, Florida, yeah. and it just showed that that Tennessee game was a fluke. That was a rivalry game at home. It's and if that game was at Neyland – they would have got blown out. Yeah,
1: it was mental playing in the swamp.
0: Yeah. And then, um, and yeah, so I picked LSU, and they came out flat, and it was a great football game. No, I'll say that. they did not
1: come out flat. I'll take flat, that
0: back. But... Their defense, yeah. man, like what? Like, defense was optional. I felt like I was watching a Big 12 football game. I mean, it was yeah. just racing up and down the field. What was it like 1,200 yards of offense and 90 points? It's <laughs> just yeah, wild. it was
2: stupid. But I'll say yeah. this,
0: and, I'll, and we'll get into, like, State and Ole Miss here in a minute. I'm going to actually say some nice things about Ole Miss because – it's hard for me, but I'm going to try. Here we go.
1: <clears throat> Compose yourself. Say it loud into the microphone.
0: Okay, here we go. <laughs> I What I appreciate about Ole Miss is it's entertaining football, right? Oh, yeah. Like Mississippi State, <laughs> we get you in the mud, and like we're trying to beat you with running the ball and defense, and that's not working because our defense is atrocious. But at least the product that Lane Kiffin outside of the Alabama game last week, and there were moments where it was entertaining. That's it's entertaining football. Too. That's mental, 100%. Yeah. It was an entertaining football game. It was back and forth. It was high energy. And so, when people outside it's fun to of watch. the when people outside of the southeast and the Unless SEC fan, watch that game, game they're going to be like, "Man, Lane Kiffin's doing a great job," even though there's some rough edges there. He's doing a great job because it's an entertaining football game. So people from Missouri and Montana and Washington and New York are going to watch yeah. Ole Miss because it's entertaining it makes football. Makes them a
1: national name.
0: It it makes going them to, a national it's entertaining name to watch. football. Whereas Mississippi State right now, we are playing football that I as a fan don't even want to watch. So kudos to Lane Kiffin, kudos to Ole Miss on the massive win. I was wrong. I said we'd both be three and three going into our bye week. Looking more and more like Ole Miss is going to be four and two because it does feel like a year that some kooky's going to happen yeah. this week against Arkansas. We'll get, but we'll we'll get, get into to that. that. Yeah. Anyway, so shout out to Lane Kiffin for putting an entertaining product on the field and getting a big win against LSU.
1: Yeah. Um, do we just want to go ahead and get into that game now? Go ahead. Okay. We'll go There first. Um. Yeah. So last week on the podcast, I made it clear. Again, what I thought about Lane Kiffin. And I took it a step further saying that, you know, he needs to get off Twitter until he wins something. He hadn't won nothing. You came with the stats versus top 25 teams. The whole shooting match, it's mm-hmm. ugly. Um, I did. You know.
0: And he he obviously listened to this show.
1: Yeah, obviously. obviously. Big fan. Yeah. Glad to see you in the chat again, Lane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, obviously. Yeah, so, you know. Here on this little podcast, uh, I called, tried to call him on the carpet. I thought it was unacceptable that he was continually uh, calling out Alabama coaches and being cute on Twitter the week of Alabama Week, and once again, not showing up. Uh, couple of that with how last season ended. Uh, the team seemed to have no character last year. Every time they went through any sort of adversity, they folded. Uh, it was a very backloaded schedule last year, and the competition increased uh, about the same time as. Lane started flirting uh, with Auburn, uh, and the team just kind of gave up. Uh, Anytime any sort of adversity hit, it took a hard left quick, and that was it. It started with the LSU game last year. Uh, We were highly ranked. We had one loss on the year, I think. I mean, it was a a big matchup, CBS game of the week, and they just wiped the floor with us. Uh, From that point forward, every time any kind of adversity happened, we turned left. Uh, You started seeing signs of that not being the case this year, but you always kind of wrote it off to the quality of opponents. Uh, They struggled with uh, uh, Tulane for a half. Uh, Then they covered late, but it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Georgia Tech, uh, they one-score game in the fourth quarter, turned it on and covered. Uh, Then you go to Alabama, and you just did not play well. The, the game plan wasn't good. The execution wasn't good. Nothing was good, and you were being cute on Twitter. I said last week that Lane has no signature win. You got to look at maybe his mo- his best win uh, at Ole Miss was a ranked road win against uh, Tulane. Maybe it was Indiana in a COVID bowl, you know, when they were ranked and really good that COVID year uh, with Michael Penix. Um Maybe it was A&M, you know, a few years back in Oxford. You know, that was a big win. Uh, but they, you've never had that – you've never been able to stamp it. That was the day that Lane did what he wasn't supposed to do. And lo and behold, all he needed was a pep talk from me because Saturday – And me calling threw, him out. Yeah. Uh, Saturday he just uh, – he went for it. You know, I, I told, I said on the podcast, like, we need less Lane Kiffin. We need more Joey Freshwater. Just some guys slinging out there. You know, what do you have to play for? You know, what do you have to lose? I mean, you've got one SEC loss now. You know that you've got to run the table the rest of the way, so there's no need to be safe. Like, just go out there, and you've got LSU coming in, and I'm telling you right now, it's the best offense in the SEC. Ole Miss is good. They may be second. When it comes to weapons, LSU's got more weapons than anybody in the SEC. Alabama, Georgia, I don't care. Those two receivers on the outside are incredible. Malik, I mean, uh, not Malik, uh, Jalen Daniels is dynamic. uh, I felt your pain watching him consistently drop dimes in a bucket in the end zone. I've never seen more beautiful passes, and it was the same route every time. Uh, That team... Is dynamic going into the Ole Miss game? Stats showed that their defense was suspect. LSU's uh, leaving the Ole Miss game; they may just be flat out bad. Um,
0: that so, was that really made me feel worse about our game right. against LSU because obviously their secondary, which LSU has been DBU for the longest time, right. their secondary is bad, and we as a passing offense, and we'll get to state here in a little bit, could have exposed that and done some stuff, but. One of my biggest beats. But is he we only threw vanilla. the ball
1: seventeen times. Right
0: versus yeah. Lane Kiffin, like you said, opened the playbook. Let J- Jackson Dart play. At times, it felt like backyard football, and he stepped up and played a phenomenal right. football game.
1: Yeah. So this is kind of where I want to plant my flag for today is what what Ole Miss looked like in the face of adversity uh, against LSU. So I pulled up the drives here. Uh, as we know, Ole Miss started seven nothing out the gate, like they've done every game this year except last week against Alabama. They went down the field, scored a touchdown, took no time at all. In fact, it took, um, let's see, uh, four minutes and 35 seconds, 14 plays, 75 yards, ended with a uh, going forward on fourth down, a swing pass to Jutkins, who went in motion, and they just left him wide open. It was a blown coverage it was really a sign of what was to come. Uh then Ole Miss forced a punt, uh, which was one of the few punts they ha- that they forced um uh, one of the uh few punts I just had some noise coming in my ear. I think ESPN the ESPN website was playing an ad or something. So sorry for, for stuttering <laughs> there for a second. Uh yeah, so uh one of the few punts that LSU had all, all day. Uh but then Ole Miss didn't respond there punted. Uh, Next drive down, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, uh, Jalen Daniels gets absolutely rocked. He looked like Sonic the Hedgehog, and just coins went everywhere, and the football flies straight up in the air. Uh, Ole Miss got a huge turnover there, went down and scored to make it 14 to nothing. Uh, From that point forward, LSU touchdown, Ole Miss touchdown, LSU touchdown, Ole Miss touchdown. It is twenty-eight to fourteen. Uh, let's see. That is in the second quarter. The uh, Ole Miss scored it, make it twenty-eight to fourteen with uh, eight minutes to go in the second quarter. So, yeah, that is uh, what forty-two points in you know twenty-something minutes of That's football. Big Twelve football yeah. is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> From that point forward, LSU outscored Ole Miss twenty-eight to six. And so when I'm talking about adversity, this is what I'm talking about. Last year, at this point, Ole Miss is up 28-14. Ole Miss gets down, um, let's see, <laughs> Ole Miss gets down 35-21. And at that point, you we would have punted the whole game. And instead, what happens at that point? 35-21, LSU had just scored a touchdown. Ole Miss cuts it to one with a field goal. LSU touchdown, Ole Miss touchdown. Uh, 42-40, to Ole Miss tries to go for two, doesn't get it. Uh, at that point, we've got uh, the drive starts with um, 14 minutes ago in the fourth quarter. LSU goes three and out. Ole Miss holds them. Uh, then Ole Miss goes turnover on downs. And then the co- most controversial call I've seen in football, uh, especially considering Ole Miss, they had the uh, the touch the fade route touchdown that was not a touchdown. I you've seen the replay, I'm sure. I think you agree with me. Do you agree with me that that ball was bobbled as he hit the ground?
0: Yeah, I think it. He did yeah. not have complete control through the contact with the ground.
1: Yeah. So the uh, RG three was was. Obviously, upset about it on the broadcast as a former quarterback. Uh, it was just not a touchdown. And at that point, this game is wild. It's chaotic. Ole Miss fans lost their cool. They got paid a $75,000 fine for it today uh, for some students throwing some beer cans onto the field. Uh, who amongst us? <laughs> I mean, in very, the, very that, Tennessee that, of you. Yeah. That game felt like a war, and you knew that you weren't stopping LSU. And that ball was not caught. It was obvious on replay. It was obvious in the stands. Uh, it just wasn't a touchdown. It got caught a touchdown. So then it's forty-nine to forty. It that makes it a two possession game. And there is let's see. Eight minutes and thirty-four seconds to go in the game. Ole Miss is down by two scores. I think ESPN had LSU is a 90-something percent chance of winning that game at that point. This is not a game, my whole childhood, this is not a game that Ole Miss wins. Um, and it just keeps getting worse. You know, as an Ole Miss fan, you think, what could happen to make this, to make us lose this game? At this point, we're coming from behind, so it's even worse. But even from your winning, you think of Hunter Henry, you think of Laquan Trelwell breaking his leg and fumbling at the half-yard line going into the end zone. Like, there's a way that we're going to lose this game. And down nine, uh, for that touchdown to stand, to go down nine, that was the day, that was the time in Ole Miss, as an Ole Miss fan, you're just like, yeah, it's in. There were some questionable calls on the outside for holding by receivers that it's just like, you know, if you want to call a holding, you can call it on every play. So I mean, unless it's egregious, you know, typically you don't throw the flag, but listen, we played Alabama what, this week. I yeah, get it. Yeah. And so it was just it seemed like every questionable call went our way. But Ole Miss responded. Uh they go down uh forty nine to uh uh forty nine to uh forty. And then Ole Miss goes and scores another touchdown. Uh they drive down the field. They go on i uh, I'm sorry, I, I went, uh, a ten play, sixty five yards that lasted three and a half minutes. Uh, it ended with a Jackson Dart quarterback sneak to cut it to two. They um, they kicked the extra point, and then the biggest drive of the game. LSU it gets the ball and goes three and out. Uh, Ole Miss came to play, and that's the thing that that you don't expect to see from a score that ended up, what was it, 53 to – 55 to 49. You do not expect that game to end with a defensive stop. Like, you just know whoever's getting the ball last wins. But Ole Miss's defense pinned his ears back, forced a third and long for once in the game, and got the stop. And I don't know if you saw RG3. Um, They rushed – they got Jalen Daniels to go out of the pocket. Uh, Defense got there in a hurry, uh, several defenders, all kind of tackled him at the same time, and they just surrounded him and picked him straight up in the air. Did you see this clip? Yeah, and RG3 says they lifted him up like like they were lifting Jesus up to put him on the cross. And I was like, "Jesus."
0: Well, he said <laughs> yeah. some wild out-of-pocket <laughs> yeah, stuff, he man. Did, he
1: did. Uh, and so they punted, and at that point you're just like, okay, game on. So Ole Miss gets the ball back with – Uh, let's see, they get the ball back with two minutes and 18 seconds to go. They're down by two. Uh, They proceed to go on an eight-play 68 yards, but it only takes a minute and 57 seconds. Uh, It ends with a pass to Trey Harris, who has been absolutely incredible for Ole Miss. He's a bona fide wide receiver one. Uh, During that game they were talking about he had only played in eight series this year. They have scored six touchdowns and kicked a field goal on the uh, – or seven touchdowns and kicked a field goal on the series that, that Trey Harris was involved in and not injured. And he was absolutely incredible. The only fault he made in a two-point game, he caught the ball with two defenders bracketing. him. He broke one's ankle, attacked the other one, broke their ankle, had a wide-open run to the end zone. And the only thing he did wrong was not taking a knee on the one-yard line to run the clock out and kick a field goal. Uh, instead, he gave Jalen Daniels 39 seconds, which was almost 38 seconds too long. Uh, so, Ole Miss is up 55-49 at that point. Another – it uh, you just have another glimpse of to being an Ole Miss fan. You know something's going to happen here. You gave him 39 seconds. The defense has been bad all game with the exception of that one key stop, but you had to make one more. And so – First play, crossing pattern, takes it 40-something yards into the 30-ish yard line. Next play, Jalen Daniels drops back and hits our linebacker in the Ole Miss logo on his shoulder, in the center of his shoulder pads right above his number, and you're just like, if he catches it, it's over, but he didn't, so now we're going to lose. A couple plays later, uh, it's a third and long. You force another third and long. Jalen Daniels is running towards the sideline, think he may or may not get close to the marker, and he's pulled down by the back, gets horse-collared. And it's like, okay, now this is how we lose. Gets the ball to the 12-yard line. They need a touchdown. And you just know that this is is it. Uh, What happened is that the environment there, the fans in attendance, the students – got extremely loud, and Ole Miss is not a place that's known to be super impactful when it comes to the fan involvement. However, when you're playing LSU and when it's a crunch time, that place is hard to play, just like anywhere else. If you've got a reason to be loud, you will be loud and you will make a difference. And LSU proceeded to false start two times in a row, and at that point they got three seconds to go. Um, they're going to throw it in the end zone, and you know as well as I do, it gets a little harder in the red zone. And especially if you're, if you got to go twenty, if you know you've got to score a touchdown here, it's hard to score There's not many plays to score a touchdown from the twenty yard line. Yeah, I
0: I looked at, I was watching at that point on GameCast because I was watching State online or on TV, and I looked down. I was like, first and goal or second and goal from the nine. I'm like, LSU's got this watch a few plays and look back down, and it's like second and goal from the 20. And I'm like, Yeah, "Mm, maybe not. (laughs) They got it
1: to the 12, and two false starts got them back to the 22. And they've got the dogs to do it. And I just knew the ball was in the air. Jalen Daniels scrambled. They got a rusher back there. He went one way, went the other way, rolled back to his left, squared up and threw it to the end zone. And if you look at it from the other end zone, you see the receiver standing there. The problem is that ball's got to travel 30 yards at that point. And by the time the ball gets there, just in the nick of time, Dejon Daj- Anthony, the same guy who forced the fumble, hits the receiver's hands almost simultaneously. The ball goes through the back of the end zone. And I'm going to tell you, Rusty, I lost it.
0: I'm
2: sure. I,
1: I lost my dignity right there in my den, in this room that you see me in right now. <laughs> my father and I and my year-and-a-half-year-old daughter were the only ones home because my mom and wife went to a concert. Uh, we lost it. Uh, I FaceTimed you with my daughter in her old Miss Julian outfit, and we were just jumping and screaming and yelling. And let the record show
0: I answered. Yeah. yeah. In Rusty my misery, answered. I answered. Yeah.
1: I would not have answered. Um, I no. do owe you one, though. So, Rusty, if you ever decide to beat anyone worth a crap, I'll yeah. answer. Because let the
0: record uh, show that we talked about this off air, but Drew <laughs> didn't talk to me for a week after Mississippi State won the national championship in baseball, and it wasn't from lack of co- I called this fool every day, and <laughs> he did not answer for a week. Yeah, I stand by that. <laughs>
1: Um, So, I mean, it's a game that, as an Ole Miss fan, you think a dozen times you're going to lose that game. Uh, The reason why you didn't lose that game is you just had big-time players make big-time plays. Uh, I've talked about it a hundred times on this podcast. Jackson Dart is a man possessed. He is an animal. He is a true cage fighter when he's playing football. Uh, He gets knocked down. He gets hit around, and he, he is composed to the max. He finished uh, 26 of 39 for 389 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, he rushed seven times for 50 yards and had a touchdown. He is the heart and soul of this team. Uh, I would give a kidney for him to, <laughs> to, to stay here because it's just – that's the kind of guy you feel like you need leading a team. He's a guy that that doesn't ask somebody to get dirty when he's not. I mean, he is, a, he is an absolute bulldog. Uh, and not the kind from Starville. The good Um, time. (laughs) Quinshawn Judkins uh, had a rebirth. Uh, Rusty, I'm not an offensive line guru. I don't really understand the inner workings of offensive line play. However, I do know enough to know that there was adjustments that were made. I can't tell you what it was, but Quinshawn Judkins rushed 33 times for 177 yards, a 5.4-yard average, uh, and a touchdown he had his long was 37. I think his long going into this game was like 14 or 15 yards. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was
0: went, a good, it was definitely a good bounce back game for both him and the offensive line. And one, as we've shared, like it was sorely needed because Lane Kiffin, like, like, time and time again has fallen flat in big games. And this is a step in the right direction. It was certainly a huge win. It was certainly getting that monkey off his back of getting that big signature SEC win. Because like you said, previously it had been like a ranked two lane or or Indiana from the COVID years. To finally beat yeah. one of the big blue bloods of the SEC is a step in the right direction. Now, we'll get into this here in a little bit. When we do our predictions for next week, we'll kind of preview our games at that point. Can you sustain it? Is there a letdown? Yeah. you got to make sure this is where, like, the good coaches make those adjustments, right? Like yeah. this is where so, you, like Lane Kiffin needs to like pull a Nick Saban and not have that letdown the next week.
1: And so, what gives me a little encouragement about that is is Lane going into the LSU game seemed very businesslike. He's a very private guy. You know, he he's not a guy that you know for media opportunities he's going to do the bare minimum. He's not going to give a lot. He stayed off Twitter, and it's it's sad that you have to kind of Twitter watch Lane, but you do. And he was very business-like. He treated it like another game. It's something that he's never done for Alabama. He's never been able to compartmentalize Alabama. Um, But he compartmentalized LSU. He had a really good game plan, and they executed it. Um, The offense is dynamic. Ulysses Bentley went nine for 90 with a touchdown, a long touchdown. You've you've got the dogs to do it. Um, Like you said, now you've – You're still in the hunt. Big picture for Ole Miss is you're still in the hunt for the West. Uh, This is a down SEC West team, but the most important game for Ole Miss that's not an Ole Miss game going forward is this weekend because Texas A&M has to beat Alabama this weekend for you to have a shot. There's not two losses on Alabama's schedule in the SEC this season if one of them does not include Texas A&M. I just don't believe for a second that you're going to get two losses out of – you know, Auburn and uh, Arkansas. I mean, they're, they're just not – And LSU. You're not, yeah. None of those teams like, are
0: going to beat Alabama multiple times. This yeah. is the one. This this yeah. is where you you've need got, some help.
1: You've got to have A&M beat them because two of Arkansas, LSU, Tennessee, and, you know, whoever, Auburn, there, there's not two losses there. No. So, it's got to be Texas A&M and one of those. Wow. Uh, so, it is – Of the utmost importance. But it doesn't matter if you don't take care of business against Arkansas. Um, And so it's still wide open, I guess is what I'm saying. You've still got everything to play for. Uh, The West is down. The more I watch A&M, the more I think A&M may be uh, the second best team, if not Ole Miss, in the West. Um, And so you look at Ole Miss, Miss, you've got – Arkansas this week, you've got to buy Then you go to Auburn and then Vanderbilt and then A&M. At that point when you get A&M, you've got an off week and then Mississippi State. Uh, so, that A&M game is circled as the next biggest test, but you've still got to go win those games that you will I was be favoring. to say, in.
0: man, do not overlook Arkansas because, you know, do I need to remind you about 4th and 25 and all these ways but, that Arkansas but, has found kooky ways to beat Ole Miss. You're right. You can circle right. A&M all you want. But I would not look past this weekend. And
1: that's the coach's problem. They they should not look past – that's their role, not to look past Arkansas. Okay? However, Arkansas, when they've given us problems, I feel like those teams are better than this Arkansas team. I don't see anything – that Hunter Henry year, that team was good. That was Brandon Allen. That was Alex Collins. That was Hunter Henry. I mean, they, they, this team inspires no confidence for me, this Arkansas team, who – has gotten blown out by A&M, who has gotten um, – who did they get beat by this week? Um,
0: they lost to A&M uh, this, L- LSU they, this they, week. LSU uh, this
1: week. LSU last week. A&M this week. They, they lost, lost to at home to BYU. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. so there's not – and I'm not, by no means saying that we can't lose to Arkansas. Lord knows I'm an Ole Miss fan. I know we can lose to Arkansas. However, I think the line was 10-and-a-half. We'll get Give there. me 14, you know, whatever, you know. Hold that I just, thought. I'm Hold not, I'm not. We'll, we'll get. Yeah, there. okay. We'll I'm just there. not scared of this Arkansas team unless things get stupid. But if Ole Miss's defense is as bad as it is against LSU, Arkansas is not scoring 49 points. That's my point. Yeah, I maybe don't. Not. I don't know that Ole Miss will be stopped if they're playing well. Yeah. Of course, there's always caveats. Sure. But. You know, if you put this in an ESPN simulator, you put it in Madden, you play it hundred times. I think Ole Miss wins eighty-five of them.
0: That's probably fair. And we'll get we'll get again we'll get to those picks in a little bit. I want to talk so, about Mississippi State for a little bit, and then we'll uh, we'll come up with our picks for next week and let you kind of deep dive on some of that. But um, all yeah. in all, it's a it's a season-defining win, and then some an opportunity to build some momentum going forward. And like you said, a West that's pretty wide open this year.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to it, I feel like best case scenario is that we're looking back at that Alabama game being like, I wish we could do that one again.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure. you know, yeah. keep laying off Twitter and, and more of the game plan, and you know, might win that game. But I tell you, it didn't matter how much tweeting, how much game planning, how much prep we did. We knew, and I, I said it last week. This felt like a game that I picked Mississippi State to cover, not to win, because that was a heart pick. But immediately followed with, we might lose this game thirty-one to nine or thirty-five to ten, like just gonna get blown out. And it's because we start slow. For the third straight week, Mississippi State started down fourteen to nothing, and against teams like LSU, teams like Alabama, you're not gonna come back and win those games. No. Um, you know, there are some positives. You know, it's only the fifth time we've hit double digits against Nick Saban in the whole time we've played him. I,
1: I saw it was the first time you've scored an offensive touchdown in Tuscaloosa since Dak was there.
0: Yeah, uh, it was passing a passing touchdown. touchdown. A it was the pa- first touchdown. passing touchdown. <laughs> it was the first home passing touchdown since 2011, if that makes it any better. Ah, it's been tough, man. And it's, it's like,
1: lethal. <clears throat> yeah. there's,
0: there's, there's death. There's taxes, and there's Alabama figures it out against Mississippi State. This is actually the first time in the last three or four years that we haven't played them immediately after a loss. But we played them after a game that was very close and could have been a loss in the Ole Miss game. Right. And it, it just felt like they figured it out. You know, Will Rogers – It felt
1: very intentional. It felt very – like Listen, it felt man. very It felt very on rhythm. And it was – I feel like when they went out after halftime against Ole Miss and they just – systematically just yeah. sat on us. Yeah. I feel like that's what they did on you guys. Like, 100. perfect but plan, perfect there, execution. Like, there's
0: no better hype man for Mississippi State on this planet than Nick Saban. Every year leading up to the game, he's like, Mississippi State's the most physical team we're going to play. They're the most well-coached. They're the most this, the most that. Like, he hypes us up like nobody's business to go out and beat us by four touchdowns. Like, it's yeah. it's it's every it's an every-year thing. That's like, why we, he does it. We need a hype man like Nick <laughs> Saban, 100%. Um Will Rogers had moments where he played well. Listen, with three minutes to go in the first half, it's seventeen to ten, and we have the ball, and it's it, it, like we're in that football game with three minutes to go in the first half.
1: You're going to be talking about that next year when we do this podcast. We were in it for a half. No, no, I'm not because of what I'm about to say. We were <laughs> in
0: it with three minutes to go. It was seventeen ten with three minutes to go. We had the ball third and six, and at halftime it was thirty one to ten and at that point it was over because will rogers as a senior you cannot make a throw like he made he threw it behind justin robertson robinson right to the defender deep in your own territory alabama has a short field to work with to make it 24 tm we then go super vanilla and like that's another thing man like it drives me nuts against and you can go back like the last coach, and I never thought I'd say this, I missed Dan Mullen because he was the last coach that really opened it up against Alabama, played aggressive, and we almost beat him.
1: Yeah, but, Dan Mullen didn't always play to cover, though.
0: That's <laughs> it, man. But, like, <laughs> Joe, like it doesn't matter. Joe Moorhead, Mike Lee, Zach Arnett, and Mullen at times. Like, we get so vanilla and conservative against Alabama for whatever reason. And when you play vanilla and conservative against Alabama, you're going to get blown out. And every year we, like leading up to the game, it doesn't matter Coach speech of we're gonna play fast and free. We got to be wide open. We got to be aggressive. We're not a, like Zach Arnett. we've been scared of laundry for the last few years. We're not scared this year. We're gonna come out and open up the playbook. We're gonna play hard. And then you didn't. And then you just come yeah. out and you just play vanilla conservative football. you're trying to establish a run against where Alabama is weak on offense. They ain't weak on defense. That'll, that defense is still right. very good. You're not gonna establish a run against them. The way you beat Alabama is no turnovers, which Will Rogers had three, and you get creative. You know, Ole Miss when they beaten Alabama had gotten lucky in fifteen with the doink off the helmet and all those plays. But you get creative and you open up the playbook. Where we're screwed is we don't open up the we don't open up the, the playbook, we get super vanilla. But I'm not gonna belabor the offense a ton. It's awful. It was it was a very bad game plan, but like Cheering for Alabama is like cheering for the sun to come up. Like you know what's going to happen there. Like it, right. it is what it is. Where I most Alabama fans
1: have no character. I've been on this bandwagon for a long time. Alabama fans have no
0: character. They the new Alabama like fans, like my dad and some of them that have been Alabama fans their whole life, they understand. Yeah, but
1: at this point, they're they've got a silver spoon too. They, yeah. It's been too long. But listen
0: to this, man. Listen to this. And this is, this is disgusting. This is what bothers me the most. Zach Garnett is a defensive-minded coach. Last year, we were a top 15 national defense. We were very good at that 3-3-5. At, like, you, like, we weren't going to win a ton of games, but teams did not like playing Mississippi State because we were physical. We we're going to hit. We we're going to play hard defense. And you're going to know if you came to Starville or we came to your place that you were in a fight. Like We came in and we, we, you were in a fight. <sighs> this year... In the last 10 quarters that Mississippi State has played football,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the, cor- and a half games. the quarterbacks are 53 of 59 for 733 yeah. yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions for a 90% completion yeah. percentage. Against three SEC starting quarterbacks, this tweet came out after the Alabama game, so against three SEC starting quarterbacks in Jaden Daniels, Spencer Rattler, and Jaden Milrow, Mississippi State's defense has forced eight total incompletions.
1: Yeah, that's sad.
0: And like, that's bad. And that's like this is, was supposed to be our strong suit. Like our defense was supposed to carry us this year because it was Zach Garnett's system, Zach Garnett's guy, Matt Brock. There wasn't going to be a ton of change on defense while we worked out some kinks on offense. And somehow that defense is atrocious. It's so soft. Like, there were moments in the Alabama game where, like, we looked competent. We were blitzing in the first half, running a lot of zero blitzes, man blitzes, spies. Like, we gave them some problems in the first half with pressure, and then we just quit. We just stopped with the pressure and then let Jaden Milrow get comfortable. They established the run. There was nothing we could do at that point. We were beat. But in a in a, in a defense that's supposed to be carried by upperclassmen and Jet Johnson and Bookie Watson and, uh, you know Nathan Pickering, to Cameron Robinson, for all these seniors and experience we have, I'm not real sure this defense can go out and stop at High School right now. Like we are playing such bad defense, and at some point, and I'm not, I'm not on the we got to fire the coach after five games. I'm not. We got to fire the coach after one year. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. Do I think Zach Garnett's the answer long term? No, but I don't think he should be fired right now.
1: I uh, I would disagree. You think he's not the guy long term? Go find a guy that is.
0: But in midseason What's another right now, year of sucking? But mid mid-season? season's mid-season's not the point. No, not no, the, no. I'm no. Talking but at the about end of the, the year, ball. maybe. We'll get yeah. there. But, like, there has to be some changes because for three straight weeks, he's come out on a, after the game and then on Monday and say we just weren't prepared. Our team wasn't ready. We didn't coach him up ready. And I know that's coach speak trying to take some it heat is. off your team. But at the end of the day, if you're coming out after three straight big games saying we weren't prepared, what do we do? What are you going to do that's different right. to be prepared? Right. Like we've got Western Michigan this week, which will be a win, get us back to three and three.
1: You'll be prepared for that game, I promise. We'll go into the bye
0: three <laughs> and three, and that bye week is going to be pivotal for Zach Arnett's job because if you come out after the bye week, we play at Arkansas. Um, is it at Arkansas or is it at AM? It's at Arkansas and then at Auburn. So you've got two weeks after that where you have to come out prepared. You can't come out and say we just weren't prepared, we weren't ready, we didn't coach him up well enough. Because at that point, we've got six, seven games under the season, and you're not the guy. If you can't get them, like to, to quote that viral meme, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Because yeah. if you can't get them up and ready for these games, and we got to find, like you said, we can't, this was supposed to be the upswing. This was supposed to be the year that we were better. And if you can't coach up this team and get us ready for these big SEC games with the talent you have now, you sure as you know what ain't going to be able to do it next year when the talent pool is a lot less. So like uh, you know, I said this last week. I knew we were going to beat by Alabama. Not much you can figure out in that game except for how tough you are. We didn't look very tough on defense. Western Michigan's not going to figure it out. It's that bye week. Like, that bye week, we have to figure it out. Kevin Barbay came out this week and said, you know, we still have to figure out how we blend our run and pass game. Bro, that's what the off season's for. Like, you had an entire off season to get that blended and figure out. You don't figure that out against Alabama, you know, in the mid- middle of an SEC stretch.
1: No, but they expose that.
0: You've yeah. got to get to a point in the, by the bye week. Like it needs to be figured out against Western Michigan, and like in order to to calm down some of the heat that's on Zach Garnett's seat, we have to come out and just beat the brakes off of Western Michigan. This game cannot be close at halftime.
1: Yeah,
0: that's number one. Number two, Mike Wright needs to get some series. Like not just like fluke plays, not just like one off here. We were down forty to seventeen with two minutes to go before Mike Wright got a few plays. Like. When Will Rogers turned the ball over three times, he is costing you football games. And I'm, I've been a big Will Rogers supporter on this podcast, and I will continue to be that. But if you're going to go out and you're going to turn the ball over three times, you're not giving us the best chance to win. Maybe it's an off night. You give Mike Wright some plays. I understand, I, I think, why they did it because they don't want to create a, a quarterback controversy. But will, will Rogers is not made for the system. We've said it numerous times. And I don't know that Mike Wright is, but at least he's athletic enough, like Jaden Milrow, Where if the throw, your first two reads aren't there, just go. Tell him to run. Just take off. Will Rogers can't do that because his feet are are made of concrete. So we have to figure out, give Mike Wright some series this weekend against Western Michigan because if not, what that tells me is that Zach Garnett's got his head in the sand and he doesn't care about turning this thing around.
1: Yeah, I think it's a prime opportunity for that too because you have Western Michigan and then a bye. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can, you know, you can say that, you know, you get up, Say 28 nothing or something at the half, and and to give him a whole half and say, Well, we're just keeping, you know, we're just seeing what we got. We haven't got a chance to see what we've got yet. And then if he impresses, then you've got a whole week to implement. You know, mm-hmm. uh, really, you can give him the starters, you can give him half the starters' reps this week. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, it's already Wednesday, Thursday by the time everybody's listening to us. So he, you know, he could be, and I would argue should be getting first team reps a lot this week. 100%, 100% especially like Western said, Michigan. It, like you said, nothing's more frustrating, and I know it's coach speak, but we weren't prepared. Matt Lee, did the whole thing well, at some point you've got to be prepared like at some point, you know you don't the coach will never come out and say, "I tried, they didn't listen, you know that it's not going to happen, but it's also true that about three weeks in a row of saying we weren't we didn't have our guys ready, we weren't ready to play, even though it's coach speak, it's like, well, it begs the question, why? Yeah. Why are they not ready to Here play?
0: Here we are. It's October yeah. the 4th, and the last time you had these guys ready to play was September the 9th against Arizona okay. where we won a football game. Right? That's, that's a month. And you month. almost lost And that. we almost lost that game. Yeah. But against LSU, we didn't have the guys prepared. Against South Carolina, we didn't have a great game plan. They weren't ready. Against Alabama, you know, we just we just didn't have the guys ready. We didn't have the right yeah. plan in place. So like, and and at Mississippi what point State do you,
1: fans will tell you, and you will agree with me, you don't expect to beat Alabama. No. You don't no. expect – to beat LSU. I know you've been competitive, but you don't expect it. You know, expecting means 75 times out of 100, we should beat them. That You don't expect. But what you do expect as a state fan is to be competitive. Don't look like they're playing Southern Miss out here. Right. And that's what happened. You know, Southern Miss is on the schedule later, but you you take the Mississippi State jerseys and put Southern Miss jerseys up and the scores seem about right. You know? You know, it was... Forty-one or what was it? Forty-one to, uh, forty-one to seventeen for Alabama. And that's forty to
0: seventeen for Alabama. Forty-one fourteen against LSU, yeah. and that's the same kind of effort. You're exactly yeah. right that I mean, the muster buzzers were put up there. Yeah. Speaking of like Southern Miss, like you said, we've got them coming up. That'll put us. You know, we beat Western Michigan. We beat Southern Miss. We're at four wins. Yeah. I know. Like, I was.
1: I wanted to talk to you about this. I've got the schedule pulled up. So you're gonna you go have to win an SEC Western game. Western Michi- Yeah. Western Michigan. Uh, by week at Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at A and M, Ole Miss at home for the Egg Bowl. So that's uh, one, two, three, four, five SEC games left. You're zero three right now in the mm-hmm. SEC. What of those games do you th- are do you expect Mississippi State, as they're currently performing, to be favored in any of those? Mind you. The most winnable ones are both on the road: Arkansas and Auburn.
0: I think the Auburn game we could be. Yeah, I don't know about Arkansas. Maybe because, like you said, Arkansas not been very good. They're sitting two and three, and they've not been no. very good outside of the that's LSU the game. You
1: ho- you hope Arkansas, maybe Ole Miss, maybe you know deflates them to the point to where they punt by but, that yeah. time. So know?
0: I think you have to win both of those games because
1: to can- get to six, that's the only way
0: you're going to do it. That's you're, the only
1: way. I don't you're gonna- think you beat Kentucky, A and M, and you know. If you're at five and if you're at five and six going into the Egg Bowl, God help us all. I mean that's it
0: but, because that's where yeah. chaos happens. But yeah. I think Kentucky has proven; they run the ball very effectively, and we, we're not you know we're not that great on defense right now. A and M's offense is getting it together. Don't look now; they're four and one with a big opportunity this weekend. Right. Um, those two games you're not going to win. Ole Miss is a, is really even when if y'all if y'all come in that game at, at ten and one like that's still going to be a toss up. It's just because yeah. it's a rivalry nine game. Nine
1: and nine and two versus uh, five and seven. All bets are off. All bets are off.
0: Um, the only thing
1: you can bet on is there will be a fight.
0: A hundred percent. But you have to beat Arkansas and Auburn. You have to win those like. You talk about must-win games and like you don't have a ton of must-win games in October but we've got two coming up at the end of October like you have yeah. to win those football games again. We're fighting for the Liberty Bowl at this point. Like it, but it's extending me. the bowl streak. Like that's the thing. Like yes those bowl games don't matter but getting to them do because that means you had a a winning or a five you had a 500 or above season to get to a bowl right. game. And so if you want to extend that season you have to take care of business at Arkansas. You have to take care of business at Auburn because and there's no Auburn, other guarantee wins in the SEC after that.
1: Auburn showed you what they're capable of. Uh, they're capable of scaring people. They scared the crap out of Georgia this week. It, you know, Hugh in, their, in his first season at Ole Miss scared some folks, and it's almost like he's got, he's got a couple shots. Like he knows that he he's going to try to win the games that are fifty fifty, and then he's. He's going to save some stuff to take to throw the kitchen sink at a few people. No doubt, Alabama's one, Ole Miss is one. If he's got a third bullet to fire, it's, Mississippi State's up there for the way his tenure ended. <laughs> and That's Miss, fair. He's, he's got he, some beef he, with Steve you, Robertson. <laughs> you may want to beat the Avril eleven. Ever loving crap out of Mississippi State. The Auburn know?
0: football team may not have that game circle, but Hugh Freeze certainly yeah. does. And
1: Hugh may want to beat Mississippi State and Ole Miss more than he wants to beat Alabama. You That's know? probably fair. Nobody this expects year. him to beat Alabama in no. one year in Auburn. Year no. two, you better be
0: You better. Yeah, you be better be beat competitive. But uh, yeah. at the end of the day, like we said, man, like at this point, you got to at least give Mike Wright a chance. Like You've got to at least yeah. see what you got there. You've got to be more dynamic in the offense and it's so frustrating watching this play against teams in i Arizona. love it
1: you you've got such a move and i hope people are watching this on youtube because you can almost hear it in your voice and when you when you get stressed out it's the hands over the eyes like Argh! it's like yeah, you can hear it like the the yeah. the there's an audible like Anguish that, that maybe that comes out. I think this is going to be our talking Insta- about Mississippi State. This is going
0: to be our Instagram clip for the week. It's just me covering my eyes, like because it's because it's right because you're right. rubbing your temples, yeah. Because like it's because it's so frustrating when you watch in in four straight weeks we've watched Arizona, LSU, South Carolina, and Alabama with dynamic mobile quarterbacks, the future and the current present of college football. Yeah, and it it, is. F- it feels like we we're playing football in 1989 against teams that are playing in 2023. We're trying to run the wing T or the wishbone against teams that are that are running and gunning. And, like, that's what's – that, that, again, that goes back to my compliment earlier of Lane Kiffin. He has created a product that people want to watch. People are going to tune in this weekend against Arkansas that may live elsewhere simply because Ole Miss is fun to watch because they move the football. Sure, they don't play any kind of defense, yeah. but, th- th- like, this is an entertainment business. And right. we're not entertaining our fans. We're not entertaining people at large. And then, right. like, like, this weekend, Drew, I would not be surprised – if we had 20,000 would, people at the game.
1: No, that'll be a good day. That's what I'm saying. It, it it reminds me, you know, and I hate to draw a parallel between these two teams because I love one of them so much and I hate the other one. But it's almost like the grit and grind teams. You were always fighting for – it's like if you'll just watch it, you'll understand it, you know. Uh, I know they don't play a good brand of basketball, but it's physical and it's in the mud and – and uh we play different. When everybody zigs, we zag. We're the different – we're the team everybody's got to prepare for. If you just pay attention to us, you'd see. But it, for the casual fan, it's just not fun to watch. There was a reason and we weren't you, on ESPN guys, and TNT. Mississippi State this year is like the grit and grind Grizzlies if they won 37 games.
0: We were the, <laughs> we were the grit and grind Grizzlies like pre-Zeebo and Tony Allen. Like we were that initial like edge of it where it was bad basketball. We weren't – or it was – it was not fun basketball it was to watch. Chandler
1: Parsons Grit and Grind. A hundred percent. Because like at
0: least at least the Gritton Grind Grizzlies were winning games and we were right. a, a Bush league ejection and suspension of Zebo away from a Western Conference Finals and a possible finals run that year. Yeah. We were in the Western Conference Finals. We were at least winning football games or basketball games. This is bad football that ain't winning football games. Right. It and uh, it's it and as a fan it's frustrating. So Like, you're killing your national brand, which is not going to help with recruits. And the other thing that's not in Zach Garnett's corner is we have a new athletic director. Zach Garnett was hired by uh, John Cohen on on his way out. It was Mark Keenum who made that call as the president of the university. We didn't have an AD. We have a new AD in Zach Selman who comes from Oklahoma who is used to a dynamic football program that is cutting edge, that is, you know, leading in innovation. I don't know that he's going to stomach it very long.
1: Yeah, that guy was, you know, I don't know how long he was at Oklahoma, but they went from Stoops to Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. to Brett Venables and TBD on Brett Venables, but Stoops and Riley never lost. He was there and under he,
0: – he came yeah. in with Lincoln, Lincoln – during Lincoln Riley's tenure and then Lincoln hired – Lincoln yeah, yeah, There's my first – hey, that's been – Welcome to been, the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. It's been three <laughs> weeks since I messed up a name, man. Golly.
1: No, you've been saying Jaden Milrow, and I haven't called you on it. It's Jalen. I
0: said Jalen. I, I was calling Jaden. No, Jay- you said Jade.
1: You said Jaden like Mal. three or four times. You can listen to it tomorrow.
0: Anyway, <laughs> um, I digress. But he was there with Lincoln Riley, made the Brett Venables hire, and then came to Mississippi State. And so, all I to say, is Zach Garnett ain't his coach, and or ain't you know he ain't his matters. coach.
1: So. you look at that, especially in pro teams, when it when they're evaluating personnel, even players. Um, the GM that comes in typically fires the coach and clears out the, the players and starts over. Because more important than winning, it's proving that you are the reason why you win. And, if, and if, if Zach Barnett's done
0: nothing to do that.
1: And nothing will fire a coach quicker than a football program that doesn't put butts in seats. Yeah. Because football program funds everything else and you will go in the red quick if you don't sell tickets in football.
0: Yeah, 100%. And we ain't going to sell this weekend against Western Kentucky. And if we go 0-2 on that road trip, there ain't going to be nobody there for Kentucky. And no, that, and, and that's
1: kind of best-case scenario because if y'all giving up by the time the Egg Bowl gets around, how many people are going to show up for on yeah. Thanksgiving Day? Well, it, it, there'll be a Enough. bunch. There'll but, be a bunch
0: yeah. in red and blue. There won't be very many in maroon and white.
1: It won't be me, I'll tell you that. I'm <laughs> not going back there
0: and um and and and, you know zach selman can eat like that's the thing like if you can't show progress this year with a senior heavy veteran let heavy team how is he going to trust you next year to go to the transfer portal bring out these young kids to make a competitive football team next year when and again this is pie in the sky i'm not saying this is going to happen so don't hear this as a projection or a prediction or even a hope but Zach Selman can Zach Garnett, and then throws the farm at a Cliff Kingsbury, who can come in and be an innovative type coach, right? Like, not saying right. that's going to happen, but that's an option. He's he's somewhere in the the Greek. Yeah, or, he's a
1: coordinator or something. He's somewhere.
0: Um, yeah. And so you go throw the the throw the farm at somebody like that to bring in a guy who can well, re, who's just... your coach to rebuild the program, not a guy who's proven that he can't rebuild a program with yeah. veteran leadership.
1: That's exactly my point. If you're not convinced that Zach Arnett is your coach in two years, then fire him today. It's the same same logic when uh the Chicago Bears have the number one pick this year. If you're not convinced Justin Fields is your guy, then take another quarterback because there's nothing worse than another year and the quarterback still sucks. You know? Yeah, who speaking uh, of the Bears, right now they have yeah. the,
0: the one and two pick, so they you got a yeah. great chance to rebuild.
1: Right. Uh if Carolina <laughs> Of course, they don't have their first round pick, uh, but if they suck and at at four or whatever you know whatever pick they get, the quarterback that they love is there, and they're kind of whatever on Bryce Young. Take the quarterback. That's you it. can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. And in college, a coach can set an identity quick, and a coach with an identity that can recruit players that that follow his philosophy can at least turn around morale, and you can start inching towards success in year one. With the d- transfer portal.
0: Because, like, don't get me wrong, like, state fans who listen to this, if you're not a fan of Dan Mullen, don't hate me for this comment, but, like, at least Dan Mullen had those guys believing, and he had those guys bought in, and he had those teams playing a fun brand of football. Nine years ago today, we beat Texas AM and m as the number six team that put us in position to beat Auburn the next week when I was there for that game that made us the first ever number one in the college football playoffs in, in poll that came out in 2014. It was at least a fun brand of football. Like if Arnett isn't it by the Kentucky game, if we're if we're we've gone 0 and 2, we get beat by Kentucky heading to A and M on the eleventh, and you're not convinced Zach Arnett's the guy, like do not bring him back next year to try and rebuild this program. Again, throw money at Cliff Kingsbury. Crap, call Dion, make him tell you no. Like do something to try and generate some excitement about the program with the fans and bring in somebody that's new, innovative, and can turn this program around. I don't like being that guy that's like, oh, year one, coach has got to go. I've always said I've said it on this podcast. I've said it in the past. Like, I'm a big believer in a three years for a co- head coach because first year he doesn't have his recruits. Second year he gets his system in. Third year his recruits are there making the program. But Zach Arndett yeah, doesn't have that to shorten that a year
1: with a transfer portal That's now. it. Uh, that's it. If, if you can't work the portal uh, and get serviceable guys because, like you said, we've both got Georgia transfers on our roster. We've both gone uh, – you know, Ole Miss has done a good job of going and picking the best – wide receivers at group of five conference teams uh you can do it um and you can rebuild it quick but you've got to know what you're doing you've got to have an identity and know what players you're looking for and zach garnett as a first year head coach in an sec school that's that's arguably you know not including vanderbilt one of the hardest jobs in the sec uh yeah, it's it's just you know it's really hard and you've got to sell a, you've got to sell a vision from from day one and, I don't and when see you've a never vision. been a head coach and you don't really have a tree you're not part of a tree that you can pluck coordinators from and you don't really have a you know if you don't have friends in the industry that are notable then you've you just got to I don't see any recipe for him he's got to turn into a legendary head coach to make this work and just what we've seen from him this year. He's not it, and there's no reason to drag it out if you're yeah. convinced he's not it. He and, makes too much money. And yeah. the last
0: thing I want to say about it, and we'll move on to our picks for this weekend because I'm done talking about it, is to me the glaring obvious difference on this past Saturday night outside of the fact that Alabama was clearly the more talented team, like every year. But watching Nick Saban and, and Zach Arnett on the sidelines was like watching two different games. Nick Saban, when they're up – 31 to 10, or 31, yeah, 31 to 10 before we scored is laying into his assistant Mm -hmm. coaches, laying into his players, like coaching them up hard, coming down on these dudes, expecting, you know, high performance, perfection, whatever, even when they're in a blowout. The entire game, it was Zach Arnett with his arms folded, his mic folded up, and he was muttering under his breath and just, like, glaring at people and just, like, he was mad talking Luke. to himself. He never was – I never saw him get – and that's the thing, like, I was listening to Shout Out Thunder and Lightning, Robbie Falk, uh, Brian Haydad. I was listening to him yesterday as they were talking about his his press conference from Monday, like, he walked in the press conference somebody asked him, are you mad? He was like, yes, I'm very angry, and then started telling jokes and smiling. Like, no, you're not. If you're mad, be mad. Like, show that you're mad. Show some passion. Like, on the sideline, he's just muttering under his breath. He ain't coaching nobody up. He's not getting fired up. There was a couple bootleg calls that when you play Alabama, it's going to happen. We're going to impact the, the, the outcome of the game, obviously. But you get you get fired up and you yell at the referee. Like, show some spits. Show some fire. Show some fight. And then maybe that defense will. But that, to me, was one of the biggest glaring differences. And Nick Saban was coaching up his coaches and players, and Zach Garnett was mumbling under his breath the entire time.
1: Congratulations, Rusty. You now know what it was like to root for Matt Luke. Gosh, because Matt Luke, anytime you looked at him on the sideline, all he was doing was watching the jumbotron.
0: Just, I mean, dude, I swear, if I <laughs> if they showed Zach Arnett looking up like this at the jumbotron yep. one more time, I was going to reach through my TV and just be like, Bow, <laughs> watch the game you on know, the field. And man. I
1: don't blame God. Matt Luke, and I don't blame Zach Arnett for taking the job. You take a job, yeah, uh, as a head coach at SEC school, you take it ten out of ten times. The problem lies with who hired them. Yeah. they should have never been offered the job.
0: No, like again, like we had. Uh, so I was talking about this with my brother and my cousin, and like the timing didn't work out. And I don't know he took it anyway. But like Prime took the job at Colorado the week before Coach Leak died. I think if you're the university, like you don't like I understand like you try and create some stability by by hiring Zach Arnett. But you know, but like the
1: President of the university will never hire Deion Sanders. That, you're absolutely that's right. That's got to be a an athletic department uh, – an athletic director has to stand on a table to convince the old yeah, the old head president at a university and that and he's that worth guy. it. And, and, and when Cohen wouldn't make making that the call, it yeah. would never be Deion Sanders.
0: Cohen wouldn't make that hire. Zach Selman would make that hire. Yeah. But, it, it, like, again, like, you know, Arnett's you not the right young, guy. You
1: need young, uh, forward-thinking guys. Like Ole Miss, uh, their athletic director, Keith Carter, hired Lane Kiffin – that was a ballsy move, and then he turned around and hired Chris Beard, which was even, even ballsier. Yeah. Like, if you leave that decision up to a president who is uh, got the liberal arts department head talking in his ear they're never going to make that call no and and
0: yeah. the state of mississippi is mississippi state football is so bad drew i i tweeted a basketball hype video on monday I and i was like something to you about that i'm like you
1: it, tweeted a basketball it, hype video on oh, like right, october second right right after week four of yeah. the ncc
0: football season. if that doesn't tell you the state of mississippi <laughs> state football right now i don't know was that don't know what will on october the second i tweeted a hype video of mississippi state basketball <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so
0: anyway Uh,
1: that's it's going to be another uh, mississippi state basketball is going to be a lot like mississippi state football was last year no offense and lots of defense hey we got some (laughs) we'll
0: we'll do an sec basketball preview we might be better i'm actually excited about it this year so uh, we'll get there same but we've got college football this weekend we've got some big games we got some not so big games we were talking about this all fair trying to pick some games to pick against the spread and there's a bunch of duds this weekend you got a lot of Directional schools, you got a lot of You need a
1: Saturday to do honeydew list because last Saturday you you cashed in all your favors with your wife Mm -hmm. so that you didn't have to do anything other than
0: watch football (laughs) right and we've got some more of those coming up i keep highlighting october 21st if you hadn't looked ahead to that weekend like get your stuff done boys because that's the saturday you're going to want to be camped out from college game day until the last college football final late saturday night i've already cleared my calendar that day i ain't doing squat but watching football all day Uh, But in the meantime, we have what we have this weekend. And so we are going to, for some unknown reason for myself, pick against the spread again this weekend. And we'll see what we come up with. So, um, all right, moving right in. We'll start.
1: You want me to pick first just so you can pick my team? Or maybe I'll (laughs) let you pick first so I can just go the You just fade the opposite.
0: (laughs) So, game one, we'll alternate. You'll go first on this one, I'll go first on the next one. First up, we've got Texas. At Oklahoma for the Red Rival Ra- Red River Rivalry. Say that five times fast. And Texas yeah, t- is a six and a half point favorite.
1: Yeah, at the Cotton Bowl in uh Dallas. Is yeah. it in Dallas or in Austin? Where's the cotton bowl?
0: It's That's in, in Dallas. Dallas right? That's in Dallas. Uh
1: yeah, they tried to to change it to Red River shootout for the exact reason your mumble mouth <laughs> My Marble mouth didn't over last. here. Yeah. Um Yeah, so uh Oklahoma has looked really good. Uh, I'd have to look up at their schedule to see who they've played, but I don't think it's been anybody overly
0: great. Cincinnati uh, and some smaller schools. Yeah.
1: Um, but they've looked really good. They were actually uh, – I was thinking about them for my Mount Rushmore this week just and how dominating faction they've been beating these people. Um, Texas has been challenged. Texas has, ha- has went on the road and won in Tuscaloosa. Uh, and – I was really looking forward to Texas and Kansas this week, and I turned it on just to find out that Jalen Daniels, not Jaden, but Jalen Daniels, Mr. Uh, highlights on his chain, uh, was out, uh, tweaked his back during warm-ups, and so it was really a dud, and Texas really opened up a can on him late. Yeah. Uh, you said Texas is getting six and a half? Six and a half. Um, let's see. uh Give me Oklahoma. Uh, it's a it's a real kind of prove it. Uh, it's, they, they're in it to prove it this week. This is the first opportunity they've got to really go out there and put their name on something. Uh, this really stamp it. So Oklahoma this year has played uh, Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, and Iowa State. Uh, see, they beat Iowa State by 30. They beat. Cincinnati by 14, they beat Tulsa by uh 39, they beat uh SMU by 17 and they beat Arkansas State by 73. So <laughs> uh uh they're they've got something to prove this week. They go uh they are the away team for what it matters and it is in Dallas, so it is kind of skewed towards Texas. Give me Oklahoma to upset to uh to cover against texas uh i think they're a good offense i've watched jeff levy's offense uh for two years at Ole miss he's electric he's dynamic calling plays dylan gabriel is really good and their defense turns over turns over teams a lot and they've gotten lots of scores uh they had a pick six on the first play of the game against iowa state last week so uh Give me Oklahoma to cover.
0: All right. Well, I'm going with the favorite here. I'm going to try and play it safe this week. I took a couple leaps last week, so I'm going with the favorite. I think Texas is seven points better than Oklahoma because of one man, that's Quinn Ewers. Guy's playing great football. He looked really good against Kansas. Uh, He runs the ball effectively. He makes good decisions. Brett Venables has Oklahoma pointing in the right direction. I think the game is close. But give me Texas as a seven-point, quote-unquote, road favorite. Fair. Uh, Number two. Just as I say this, so we've got LSU is a five and a half point road favorite at Missouri. LSU is going to be reeling, LSU is going to be emotional. I don't, I shouldn't pick them because I am one in whatever. I'm two in, you know, whatever over the last two weeks. I like Missouri, they're scrappy, they are playing tough defense, they're not like this great, gonna blow up and beat everybody team. But they're 5-0, and they're a lot better at this point than either one of us thought they would be. They are playing a tough style of football that's tough to beat, and they're at home. LSU is coming off an emotional loss against Ole Miss in a rivalry game where they had the game won on multiple occasions and could not pull it out. Missouri might be a product of their schedule. You know, They beat a, a decent Kansas State team who was number 15 at the time. They beat in Vanderbilt. Uh, They beat Memphis, MTSU. They haven't really – this will be their first test. and It's the beginning of several tests as they play Kentucky and South Carolina coming up.
1: That Kansas State game was a good win.
0: Great, great win. I don't know that they'll beat LSU, but I think it's closer than five and a half, and I'm going to take the Missouri Tigers.
1: Yeah, that is pretty bold. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I do like Missouri. Uh, They have been a team that is uh, – has punched above their weight class a lot this year. Uh they've got close losses they've got a close loss to MTSU. They've got a close win against Kansas State. They beat Memphis in a close game on a "quote unquote" neutral site mm-hmm. in Edward James Stadium that dump in St. Louis. Yeah. Um so I'll hear your case for Missouri. However, uh it's not going to convince me uh going into last Week against Ole against Ole Miss, I thought LSU was one of the best, if not the best teams in the West. Nothing about their offense makes me think that. I mean, I think I said it on this podcast earlier today. I think offensively they've got the best weapons in football. Uh, Brian Thompson, uh, Brian, uh, it's Brian Thompson, right? Ah, oh, man, I can't believe I forgot. He scored like three touchdowns against us. Um. Um. Uh, Uh, Malik Neighbors, yeah, Brian Thomas Jr., uh, have combined for roughly 1,200 yards of offense and 13 touchdowns on the season. Uh, I think Missouri's scrappy. I think Brady Cook is really good. He's thrown no interceptions so far this year, and I don't think LSU's defense is good. And But the reason I'm going to pick LSU – uh, it's kind of the same reason in a minute I'm going to pick Ole Miss. I don't think that Missouri can make enough stops to slow down, to score with LSU. I think LSU can score at will. Uh, they're playing it at home in uh, – no, I'm sorry, they're playing in Columbia. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. <laughs> uh, LSU's got two losses on the road against Ole Miss and on the road against Florida State. Uh, they're going on the road again. But that offense is legit. Their wide receivers are legit. Jalen Daniels is a legit. Uh, give me the Tigers from Baton Rouge. Yeah. To cover, to win and to cover.
0: Yeah. I think LSU will win. This feels like another one of those games. You remember last year, Missouri gave Georgia a fits until the final like two minutes of the game and Georgia scored a yeah. late touchdown to win I think that's what this is going to be I think this is going to be close maybe Missouri is leading and then LSU right, but scores a late it's only a, a five touchdown. and a
1: half point spread so if a late score is going to
0: cover late field goal late touchdown maybe they're coming from behind I, I'm uh, again I got to do something to, to try and come back and I'm going to put my neck out there for Missouri Next up, we've got Alabama as a two-point road favorite at Texas A&M. When they're when it's three points or less, it's basically a push. And so Alabama's a yeah. two-point favorite. What's your What's your take here?
1: So basically, a three-point favorite at home for I mean on the road for Alabama tells me that um, that if this game was played on a neutral site, then A&M would be favored. No, I'm sorry that that Alabama would be about a. You say two? Be they're about a five-point favorite, favorite right now. Yeah, so Alabama would be about a five-point favorite on a neutral field. Um, I'm with you. I think Alabama figured something out second half against Ole Miss. They uh, systematically beat Mississippi State last week, Uh, just really enforced their will the whole game on offense and defense. Uh, They just wore you down uh, just like they wore Ole Miss down. Uh, I think they're capable of doing that again. However, that front four against Texas A&M is – bonafide. They will get after the passer. Uh, It'll be a real... It'll be one of the hardest matchups uh, position group-wise that Alabama will face is their run game against that defensive line, that front seven for Texas A&M. I need Texas A&M to win this game. I mean, no no bones about it. We talked about it. If Alabama is going to lose two games and Ole Miss has a shot to win the West, it's got to include this Texas A&M game. I'm picking this one with my heart, not my head. Uh, give me a and I hope that Max Johnson is not bad and good enough to win because he is as solid as they come, but the ceiling is not really there yeah. with him. Uh, however, that defense is good. If it gets in the mud, you see what happens at Kyle Field. A&M's beaten them at Kyle Field before. Uh, it can happen again. This Alabama team has holes. Uh, the a- this A&M team is not complete, but it's got enough to – in the right spots to make me wonder. So, uh, I'll gladly concede this game to you if Alabama wins. Uh, but I'm picking this one with my heart. Give me A&M plus two at home.
0: All right. I mean, again, it's a, it's a valid argument because the one area where we kind of shined against Alabama was our defensive line. This is not your your granddad's Alabama offensive line. J.C. Latham is a bona fide pro prospect at right guard, but that's it. Their, their offense, they talked about this a lot during the state game. They built a big offensive line, but they didn't really build a big offensive line that can move. And so what they have in size, they don't have in athleticism. And A&M's front four are legit. Yeah. They are some earth movers, but they can move. They can fight in a phone book. They're quick off the ball. That's going to give Alabama some problems. You say they can fight in a phone, phone booth? Fight in a phone booth. That's what I said. Oh, Let's listen to the replay. I said phone booth. <laughs> they can fight in a phone booth, and they're going to get. They're going to create some issues for Jalen, Mil- Jalen Milroe And they're going. To, <laughs> now you got me thinking about it. They're going to create some issues in a pass rush. They're going to stop J.C. McClellan from running the football. But that Alabama defense is re- it's good. Um, Their secondary is a little bit suspect But their front seven are good I think, again, like you said Johnson's ceiling is pretty low Yes, A&M beat Alabama and Kyle Field But that ain't Johnny Manziel walking through that tunnel and a two point favorite on the road, I, I think Alabama is at least a field goal, uh, going to win this game by at least a field goal. It might be ugly, you know, 17 to 14 or 28, you know, 24 to 20. It, it's not going to be some flashy football game because where these two teams are better at, the defensive line and on the defense, I, I'm going to take Alabama on the road. Just trusting my gut and Nick Saban there that they're going to get a win on the road.
1: Yeah. Uh, the last time the Texas A&M beat Alabama was in 2021, the last time they played in Kyle Field. The, do you remember that? The game-winning field goal as time expired? Oh, yeah. Was that Mond? That, that was Zach Calzada.
0: Oh, wow. Who's just recently transferred. He transferred somewhere.
1: Yeah, he went to Arkan- uh, Auburn last Auburn, year. That's
0: right. Now I don't know where he's at this yeah, year, but uh, I think he might not still be there. Auburn. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so – all right. Next up, and I've been back and forth about this one, like left and right, because Georgia has not impressed me so far. And I'll give you
1: ten guesses where Zach Calzada plays football.
0: Is it? It's not in the SEC. Is it in the SEC? No. Uh-uh. Uh huh. I I don't know. Give me a give me a geographical region.
1: Uh. I gotta look it up.
0: Like southeast, southwest.
1: <laughs> uh, it is in San Antonio, Texas?
0: UT San Antonio.
1: <laughs> you think I wouldn't know where UTSA was <laughs> I don't <looking> know. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know, man. I'm just, I don't know. Uh, former Evans. quarterback um, um, is now playing at Washington State. Uh, a Washington State, oh, yeah. Cam Ward, who has been lighting the world on fire yeah. for Washington State this year, is a transfer from this school. They are the – Cardinals. I got They uh, play in the Southland Conference. They are
0: incarnate word.
2: Oh, <laughs> I'd have never got that. You could give me a million guesses. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and I'd have never got the incarnate word. But All right. So this next one Kentucky at Georgia. Georgia is a 14 and a half point home favorite. You know, kind of alternate. I'll go first on this one. I, but I, honestly, I've been back and forth. Georgia's not impressed me. Fourteen and a half and a half feels like a lot against a running team like Kentucky. But I think what's going to happen, Georgia is going to make Devin O'Leary, O'Leary beat him through the air. And I don't think that they can do that. I don't think – because they're going to take away Ray Davis. They're going to stack the box. Kirby Smart's not going to give up 290-yard right. all-purpose yards to right. Ray Davis. Uh, give me Georgia as a 14-and-a-half-point home favorite. It's in Athens. It's a rivalry game. Kentucky's coming in with some momentum. And I, I I cannot wait to hear the Kirby Smart pregame speech after this game to get them boys ready. And uh, and then, too, also – Brock Bowers is an absolute machine, man. 125 yards in the fourth quarter last week. Give me Georgia.
1: At some point, Georgia's going to have to assert some dominance. And you keep hoping – you keep thinking it'll be the next week, but so far it hasn't been. It wasn't against Auburn. Um, It hasn't been up till Auburn. You know, in the four games leading up to it, a cupcake schedule did not – you know, still did not look like a cupcake uh, in most weeks if you're just looking at the box score. So – You know, I'm inclined to say that this is the week they get right. If Georgia's going to get right, they're going to get right. Uh, Kentucky's had an up-and-down season. Devin Leary has been pretty good. They had a signature win against Florida where they just beat the brakes off of them. Up until then, they beat Ball State. They beat Eastern Kentucky. They beat Akron. They beat Vanderbilt. Uh, Doesn't really show you much uh, going in, so you don't really know what Kentucky is outside of that win against Florida. And they're going on the road. Um, I've already taken Alabama. Uh, I'm I'm taking A and M to beat Alabama. I picked against Alabama. It kind of feels like I'm uh, just feeling too good about myself if I'm going to go and pick Georgia. I pick against Georgia now, Um, but I'm going to 15 and a half is is just a, a lot of points for teams that that are just not high flyers. I just don't. I haven't seen. Georgia blow anybody out yet? Uh, I have a hard time thinking they're going to do it to Georgia this to Kentucky this week.
0: There you go. All right. I've uh, got two left. We'll move through these kind of quick. Uh, one of them non-SEC, Syracuse, the former Mississippi State Bulldog, Garrett Schrader. They they kind of hung with Clemson for a while. They got blown out at North Carolina. North Carolina again is kind of up and down. Like uh, pulled one out so we can have an even six. Eight-and-a-half point home favorite, North Carolina. I don't know much about either one of them. All I know is Garrett Schrader plays for Syracuse. Give me the big orange. I'm taking Syracuse. Maybe not to win, but to at least cover against North Carolina.
1: All right. What did you say you've got the line at? Eight-and-a-half is what DraftKings was. Uh, Give me North Carolina. North Carolina is ranked 14. They've got Drake May, which is arguably one of the best quarterback prospects in this year's draft class. I don't see any reason why that team that I watched for Syracuse – play at home against clemson i don't see any reason why they're going to go on the road and do anything more than what i saw at home against clemson that north carolina team is uh 4-0 they've got wins uh against south carolina app state minnesota a conference win against pitt give me north carolina to me this is easy uh north carolina i'd take them at 10, there you go. You know.
0: And then the last one, we've got Arkansas at Ole Miss. We're not doing state this week. They're a 21-and-a-half point favorite. If they don't cover against Western Michigan, this officially becomes a SEC basketball podcast. But Arkansas <laughs> at Ole Miss, 11-and-a-half point home favorites for your Ole Miss Rebels.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Ole Miss wins, and I think Ole Miss wins big. Uh, I, I think for the same reason, you know, I, I teased it when we were talking about LSU-Missouri, I think Arkansas is down. I have friends that keep telling that are Arkansas fans that keep telling me they've never had weapons like they've had uh, like they have this year. However, it seems like I remember Traylon Burks played there not two week, two years ago. So I don't really know what they're talking about. They don't have a receiver that's as good as Traylon Burks. Rocket Rocket Sanders is good, but he's coming off injury. He was clearly banged up last. Uh, you know, kind of getting the rust off last week, uh, in that game against Texas A and M. Uh, Rocket Sanders, uh, he went, uh, let me see, uh, 11 for 34 with a 3.1 yard average. Um, that's their bell cow. Outside of him, you know, KJ Jefferson uh, against uh, AM, can you tell me how many passes he completed?
0: Not many. Nine.
1: Just give me a number. Nine. nine. Exactly. He went 9 for 17 for 132 yards, a touchdown, and to a pick. I told you that front. Four, that front seven for Texas A&M is legit. Uh, they kept him at bay. He only had negative three yards rushing on 18 attempts. Uh, so, yeah, really, really bad game for KJ. I just don't think they've got the dogs to score if Ole Miss is going to score the way that they scored against LSU. Um, and uh, I know this game gets weird. I know it's your favorite thing to say is that uh, this game you know, don't overlook Arkansas. Arkansas, weird things happen. I get it. I've told you a hundred times. I don't pick based on chaos factor. It's not a way. It's the reason why you are like 4-40 and 40 <laughs> on picks because you just think everything's going to be chaos. Uh, I think Ole Miss wins. I think Ole Miss wins big. Uh, and I think uh, Ole Miss goes into their bye week next week, 5-1 and one, looking to go on the road to Auburn.
0: I don't disagree with any of that. Yes, I'm bad because I'm picking chaos, sure. But the one problem is Ole Miss's offense can't keep Arkansas from scoring. And Arkansas doesn't have the dogs, sure, to keep up with scoring, but they're going to move the football. They're going to find some success. I think K.J. Jefferson is better than what he was last week when he played. I don't think Arkansas is going to win this game. I agree. I think Ole Miss goes in their bye week five and one, and they find a way to win this game. But I think it's close. It's a rivalry game. It's a kooky game, like I said. It feels right for something weird to happen. Not weird enough for Ole Miss to get beat, but at 11.5 points. I mean, I could eat. this game could very easily be a 10-point or less game and Ole Miss still find a way to win. And so I'm not going to pick Arkansas to win. I'm going to pick them to cover. I may regret that, but that's what I'm taking.
1: Yeah. I Just based on what I've seen from Arkansas this year, there's nothing inspiring about this team. Sure. I think it's a team that's frustrated. Uh, I think they're a team that is a loss against Ole Miss, especially an embarrassing loss against Ole Miss from punting. Uh, I just don't – I think the fans are souring on Sam Pittman Dan Enos is not a good offensive coordinator and did you see uh, what I everybody's sent you man yeah, he's been responding to to Emails. naysayers on from his email it's just it's just a bad it's yeah. just a real bad look uh I just don't think they they're gonna do it to me this game feels like a two lane game you know where it could be closed for a little bit. I see like forty one seventeen forty one twenty four I don't think they're gonna stop on this and I think Ole Miss, if they can get some stops early and you know get off to a good start. Arkansas, I just, I don't, I just don't know what they've got in them character-wise. Yeah. You know, they got up for LSU and it got it ripped away from them, and it seems like they just had a huge letdown game last week yeah. against Texas A&M. And they may just have got how, that out of their system. How many, maybe this is the one more time they get up, and if this is the one last time that they've told themselves to get up one more time, if they get knocked in the mouth early against Ole Miss, they could fold again. Sure. Uh, I just don't – I don't really see it. There's – you know, if I'm picking the game without thinking about history, just looking at the teams and what I've seen uh, and trying to be as unbiased as I can, uh, I just don't see how Arkansas has the dogs.
0: Sure. And, and, and you may be right. We'll find out. Um, real quickly, because I do want to get to fantasy football. we do that, done this every week. I, I want to get our four picks for the college football playoffs. I'll go through mine real quick. Number four, I always pick a team that impressed me and showed me a lot on the week. And that number four team for me this week, shout out Aaron Ivey, is Kentucky. They ran the football. They just yeah. absolutely mashed Florida, moved them out of the way. Ray Davis had a ball game uh, with his 290-yard all-purpose yards, just absolute dominance. I pick a Kentucky at number four. Now the real teams. And number three, I was impressed by Texas. They absolutely dismantled Kansas in what could have been an, a, you know, a, a close game, an upset alert maybe. They didn't have their QB1, but Texas showed up. They handled their business, on the road. Quinn Ewers had a massive game. Great win for Texas. Number two is Oregon. They just impressed me a ton. You know, you may not like their uniforms coming to this weekend. I like the throwback crayon colors.
1: That's a a Slug Burger special, mustard
2: and
0: pickle. (laughs) That's it. I I like it, man. I think it looks (laughs) great. It's a great throwback. Um, Oregon is my number two team. I think they can score a ton of points. Bo Nix is playing great football right now and then number 1 until they get beat is Florida State, man. I'm still thinking they're the best team I've seen in football. So, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, and then my number 4 team is Kentucky.
1: Yeah, so uh my number 4 team uh is Washington. They're still up there. They're beating the brakes off people. Uh they uh they just uh they beat Washington uh this week on the road. Uh they dismantled California. Wait, Washington mean Washington
2: on the
0: road?
1: I'm sorry, Arizona. Uh, they beat Michigan State, they beat Tulsa, they beat Boise, and they've beaten everybody bad. Uh, Washington's number four. Um, uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to leave Penn State at number three. Uh, just the way they dismantled, uh, Iowa has stuck with me. They went on the road and dismantled Northwestern. Big whoop, I know, but I'm not going to penalize them for them. They were in there last year, so they're going to be last week. So being there this week, number two is a new one for me, uh, and I'm going to tell you why. You've had them in your standings. I'm surprised that you didn't have them in your standings this week. Michigan, number two. I don't like cheering for Harbaugh. I, I actively root against him and against Michigan. But let me read you the scores of their games this year. Week one uh thirty to three against East Carolina, week two, thirty five to seven against UNLV, week three, thirty one to six against Bowling Green. Week four, Rutgers, who is good, you know, solid, thirty one to seven. Nebraska forty five to seven. So if I'm doing this correctly, in every single game this year they have scored thirty or more points and they have given up no more than seven.
0: It's impressive. Now the competition yeah. had been on it great, but it's impressive. No.
1: And it's not going to get any better. they got Minnesota, (laughs) then Indiana, then Michigan State, then Purdue. And And then we find out. (laughs) Then you go Penn State, Maryland, Michigan. I mean, uh, Ohio State. That's Mm -hmm. the big games. Uh, So, uh, Michigan's number two for me. Florida State's number one. Uh, We haven't talked about them. They had their bye week uh, early. They had their bye week last week in week four or week five. Um, So, they're coming back. Uh, until they get beat, they're going to be number one for me. They come back and they play uh, Virginia Tech at home this week. Virginia Tech's really bad. Yeah, so.
0: before they get uh, Syracuse and Duke. But yeah, Michigan's one that I toyed with, but I went with Texas and Oregon instead this week. Michigan's been very impressive, but. The moment we've all been waiting for. There could We're only talk
1: about an NBA. Media there league. could
0: only be one undefeated team in the league of Avengers after the clash of the Titans this past week. And as the Macho Man Randy Savage would say, the Kree rises to the top. And the Mad <laughs> Titans are now four and zero after beating, uh, with some luck, beating Drew Gann's Waddle Vision. Shout out, yeah, Mad uh, Titans! Let's go. Y-
1: you know you're in a bad spot when you're waiting for Monday night football and you you need fifty points yeah. from uh well you need fifty points from Waller, Geno Smith, and Tyler Lockett, and yeah. Geno goes out in the second quarter. So it was just a bad week. It put up hundred points even. Just a really bad week. And not a really good week all in all for the League of Avengers. Mm-mm. You had a close win by Neasy. He finally got up off the mat here to go to one and three with a two-and-a-half-point win over Patrick Jones, who is 0-4. We didn't talk about that last week. Uh, we had two 3-0 teams playing each other, but we also had two 0-3 teams playing each yeah. other. Um, uh, the Buddy Stevens Award will go to our man Michael Mutters, who he only put up 130 points, but our boy Aaron Ivey Whoa. put up a balmy 80 and a half points. Woof. Um, and props to Cousin Kurt. I'm just now seeing this uh a win 127.3 to 126.7 that's a 0.6 point differential in uh it's got to be the closest match of the season so far uh so props to kirk he got a big win uh lump's gonna have the uh the alcohol award most points scored in the loss um that's it i had a bad week it was you know Minor setback for a major comeback. <laughs> and don't look now, but all my good players are on bye I've, next week. <laughs> of course I've they I've got Keenan Allen on bye. I've got Geno on bye. And I've got uh, Tyler Lockett on bye. So, not, I mean, a, not a good week to, to rebound either. It,
0: it was a great week for me. I had 0.6 from Debo and 1.9 from George Kittle. But really
1: what left the door open was that 49ers game. That egg they both uh, laid. On Sunday afternoon.
0: Because Christian McCaffrey decided to be a ball hog and score four touchdowns and have 170-something yeah. yards of total offense. But big game from A.J. Brown. Short,
1: it was a short-lived hope for me mm-hmm. after the the 49ers game and where your two oh, players combined for two and a half points. Yeah. Uh and then it was quickly put to bed when Isaiah Pacheco had a huge game on Sunday night football. Mm-hmm.
0: I felt I felt Moderately in the game. Like going into it, um, I had like a 64% chance of winning, and I didn't feel good about it until like the start of the fourth quarter. I felt like, okay, I, I might have this one in the bag because yeah. it just felt like it was going to be. Now, in the, in my, and I know the
1: Geno Smith and Daniel Jones combined for like four punts in <laughs> yeah. the first three drives somehow. I, yeah. And
0: <laughs> we don't talk about it on here, I know, but I play in a family league. I was playing my nephew Ty, and going into the game, it, at the start of the game, he had a 93 percent chance of winning that game. He, he had a 93. I had a seven percent chance of winning that game against my nephew Ty, and I won because he had Geno Smith, and he had who else did he have? Uh, oh, and I had DK. I had DK. DK got me nine points. Geno Smith went out, got hurt. Only got him 16 as a quarterback. I had a I had a 7% chance of winning that game and I won 164 to 160. So both teams are 4 and 0 right now.
1: I'm glad you got a win. You needed it this week. I after did. My ribs <laughs> one big, man. and your two favorite teams lost. Uh, Mississippi yeah. State and whoever's playing Ole Miss. Exactly. So. <laughs> so shout out to
0: fantasy football because at work we've got an instant messaging service. And right now my status is football ain't footballing because yeah. if it wasn't for fantasy football, it'd have been a rough. Even though yeah. shout out the Titans got a big win over the over the Bengals. Felt like the Titans of old, but nobody celebrates NFL wins. Man, we got to get our college team back on track, but. Enjoyed it, buddy. Another great show. All right, man.
1: Enjoyed it. Uh, everybody, check us out on uh, Instagram at the Number Two Bucks Sports Podcast uh, and on all of our uh, podcast platforms. Uh, leave us a comment. Give us five stars. Uh, interact with us on Instagram. Uh, it seems like we've had a lot of fun doing, or doesn't seem like it. we have had a lot of fun interacting with everybody on these polls and stuff the week. So keep doing that. Tell your friends about it, and we'll see you here again on Wednesday.
0: Enjoyed it, buddy. See you. All right. What?